first and foremost, just want to again welcome you guys here. Um, we have Fernando as our guest today. He's our first uh, person that we're going to be interviewing, the next gen leader. Fernando is just a phenomenal father, great guy. Um, he was born in New Mexico, and he actually, before he came here, was um, directing camps uh, for Christ for the Nations. And so um, he's just an incredible guy, incredible friend of mine. And so I want to welcome Fernando today. And Fernando, can you start off? Can you give us a little bit about your background and your ministry and, and who you are? Sure. Hey, hey, everyone. For the most part, I think I know most of you guys. And some of you guys, this is the first time I've, I've seen you. And um, this is, that's why we do this, to, to meet new people. Um, so, yeah, my name is Fernando. I am married to a beautiful uh, woman named Faith. And she is also the worship leader here at church, here at New Life Church Santa Barbara. And that's where I'm a youth pastor at. And uh, I also have a one and a half year old little boy named Zeal, who is just, uh, just an amazing gift uh, for Faith and I. And this has been so much fun to have him. Um, so yeah, so I've been in youth ministry now for about, mm, I was just thinking about this yesterday. I think um, at, in some sort of youth ministry, whether it was a youth leader or just a group leader, uh, for about 10 years. Uh, 10 plus years. And um, as a youth pastor, I've been a youth pastor for eight years. And so that's uh, time's gone by really quick. And, uh, but yeah, I love it. I love working with junior high and high school students. And um, it's just, it's, I, I, I know that I was called to do this. In fact, the day that I was saved, the Lord just put that on my heart. And uh, I just knew that I was going to do this for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on here, Fernando. And one of the first questions I want to ask is what's going well in your, in your youth ministry? Um, what are your yeah. best practices? What are some of the things that, I mean, all of us here are in some form of ministry. What are, what are some three um, wisdom points or some best practices you can share with us? Awesome. Well, I, first of all, before we start, I, I, I shared this with Ashton before, and obviously we all work in youth ministry. We all, we all do some sort of, uh, we help, at, help out in some sort at church. And um, the truth is there's so much to talk about when it comes to youth ministry. So I don't, I don't have all the answers and I'm not here to talk about everything there has to do with youth ministry, but I'm going to talk to you about kind of like in the context of where I'm at. And so the two, three things that are going really well in our youth ministry, I, I put them there in the bullet points. Um, if you have the PDF there on the side. Um, but if you don't, the first one is um, the, well, the three bullet points are simple leadership and uh, programming. Um, genuine relationships would be the second bullet point. And the third bullet point would be intentional living. Um, so let me talk a little bit about those three. Uh, first of all, the simple leadership and programming. Um, for us here in our student ministry, we have a very simple uh, training regimen. Um, it wasn't always like that, though. When I first came in, I came in hard and I came in with like, you know, this grand scheme or, or plan that I was going to do. And the truth is, uh, if you're like me, you know that not everything works everywhere. And uh, I quickly had to adjust. And I think that's important as a leader to just be flexible in knowing like, okay, um, what, what way is the wind blowing here? Because I need to adjust myself. And so I just, you know, I just have a simple uh, training regimen. Um, and my leaders are here uh, as accountability on that. Uh, we have just a very simple approach when it comes to that. And I feel like the Lord's really just spoken to me on that. Um, the way that looks like in our, in our youth ministry is um, every time something comes up, uh, we train on that. And then we kind of recap on that. For example, the last thing that we, we gathered together to talk about was, what do you do when a student confesses something to you? 
And so we use that as a training, um, a training point or a training session. You know, we got them together and we talked about it. Like, what do you do when a student comes and tells you something that might be legally, you know, um, where you have to talk to the pastor, where you have to share this with the parents, you know, what do you do in those situations? So those are real things that they might be able to take on to another youth ministry somewhere um, someday. And so things like that, simple leadership training and programming. Uh, we keep our calendars simple. Um, we don't over, um, you know, we don't put a bunch of stuff on the calendar because I, I know one thing that we can do is put a bunch of stuff on the calendar. And, um, and so what we did is we kind of just like, we, we cut down year by year, like, what are the essentials? What are the things that we really need? Um, I think Alan Hirsch, uh, I think he's the one that coined this term that whatever you win them with, you win them to. And so in other words, you know, if you, if you just spent like half of your youth budget on this one event, and that's what the kids kind of came to know your youth ministry through or your youth group or whatever, you're going to have to keep that up and you're going to go broke. <laughs> so you have to um, really look at your calendar and go, what are some like key things that I can do that are, that we can keep consistently doing. And so uh, we keep it simple. We keep our calendar simple. That way we can consistently be doing it all the time. Um, the other one would be uh, when it comes to leadership, uh, the way that we have our simple leadership is that I really look at the chemistry that we have with our leaders. Um, if you have volunteers, uh, some of us, I think our greatest prayer is like, Lord, send us people to work with. Um, and the truth is, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Um, but I would, I would give you the same advice that I read one day. And uh, if you guys have ever heard of a man named Bill Hybels, he has this book called Axiom. And he talks about like teamwork and he talks about leadership teams. And he says he has the three C's that he works with, uh, which is character, um, competence, and chemistry. And sure, we want people that are competent. We want people that um, have the ability and the heart to work with the kids. Uh, we want leaders that have good character, right? But I think the most important thing for me and our leadership team is chemistry. You want to want to work with people, don't you? I mean, you want to have fun with people. You want to joke around and you want people to have the same sense of humor. They might not have the sense, same sense of humor as you, but you want to be, um, you want to have a good time with your leaders. And so make sure that chemistry is on the top of your list. Um, and the last one, and then I'll, I'll kind of uh, give this to Ashton, but uh, one of the things that we kind of keep our leadership simple is that we delegate. At least keep it simple for yourself. Don't overcomplicate your life. Um, there are very competent people in your, in your sphere of, of influence. There's very um, smart, uh, very well-equipped people in your circle. Uh, I was just thinking of Vanessa, right? Vanessa? Um, she says she's getting her master's in leadership development or something like that. Um, she sounds way smarter than I do. And it sounds like she can do a lot more things a lot better than I do. If you have someone like that in your team, man, give them something to do. They'll take it and they'll run with it. And, and it's not, it's not some weird things that leaders say, seriously, delegate it. You'll see how much your youth ministry will grow. I know I've seen that in my own ministry. I'm not the most administrative guy but i have great administrators in our team and they do a really good job so anyways that's that delegate it let them own it um so that's the first bullet point about uh, simple leadership and program awesome awesome um do you want to move on fernando real quick i think um just for sake of time uh, into what's not working well i know we could go we could stick with 
um, the other topic. But um, I think this is more interesting because at least for me, what I'm observing is that um, in next gen ministry, things are changing like way faster than they've ever changed. And so I'm really curious actually to get into um, today, what are the three things or a few things um, that aren't going well? What are the shifts that you're making in ministry? And what are you doing to kind of help that or change that? Yeah, so let me go through these um, quick. Um, and I think they resonate with all of us. I think for the most part, we've either encountered this in the past or we will encounter this. Um, the first one, if, if you see the bullet point, there is the three things that I've noticed in our youth ministry that when I came in that we needed to change was overcrowded schedules, number one. Um, we were an event-driven ministry and we had this syndrome called the silo syndrome. And I'll explain that in a bit. And so when I came in, the three things that I saw that weren't working anymore, and even as I started working, I kind of just went with the flow with it. And I realized we have to change this. If not, our youth ministry is going to die. Um, our overcrowded scheduling, like I said, we make our calendar simple because guess what? Our students already have hectic lives. I mean, it is crazy to hear. I mean, you don't have to go too far to see statistics on stress and anxiety for our students. I mean, just by show of hands, just raise your hand if you have kids that are stressed out all the time. I mean, it's insane. A lot of our students have, you know, sports and homework. And even if you, if you have any junior high students, I mean, their homeworks, I mean, it's crazy. They have tons of homework and they have tons of stuff. So imagine they come to youth group and then there's a whole bunch of stuff that they have to do, or there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in their youth calendar. I mean, it's crazy. So overcrowded scheduling, we had to kind of like cut it and make it more holistic because it was hurting our youth ministry. Um, so the way that we look at our scheduling is we always look at it through the lens of our four pillars, uh, which all of us probably have a vision or mission statement of some sort. Um, for us, our mission statement is very simple. I actually um, borrowed it from uh, Doug Fields many, many, many years ago. Um, and I just kind of retweaked it to our, to our own ministry, but it's to reach, connect, equip, and launch. And so everything we do is, you know, in view of those four things. Uh, so over, overcrowded scheduling is, is something that you really need to be careful. At least for us, we needed to be careful because we were stressing out our students and we were stressing out our leaders. I mean, imagine that there's so many events going on. Our leaders also need a break. And so you don't want to burn them out. Um, there's a book that I'd recommend. I put there on the PDF. It's a book called uh, Simple Student Mentoring, which I actually have here. Um, and this is a game changer for me. If you've never heard about it before, um, the, the title's there on the PDF. Guys, read it. It's just going back to the basics of youth ministry. So check it out. Um, Event-driven ministry, Ashton, would be the other one. Um, like I said, Alan Hirsch said, you know, whatever you win them with, you win them too. Uh, you're going to burn out and you're going you're gonna to run out of money and you're going to run out of time and people if you're always doing big, big events. Uh, now, I do events all the time, um, but I need to be careful on what events are, are, um, are in line with our vision and our mission statement. We don't just kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, um, you know uh, a new show came out, so we're going to throw an event to kind of like go be behind that or something. You know, I'm just making that up. But like, you got to be careful with what events you do because um, in the past, maybe that, that could have helped or that, that would have worked. Um, I put there on the, on the sheet there that, I came from a great, great school. Uh, they taught very well on next gen and youth ministry. But when it came to the, the way that they would do youth ministry, man, it just doesn't work any, now. It just doesn't work that way anymore. Um, times change, methods changes, culture changes, and therefore students change. And so you have to be careful. You have to really be 
um, conscious that we live in a post-Christian youth world. I mean, our kids are not that impressed anymore by like big lights and big music. It, they really aren't. I mean, if, if not, you, you know, all of us could, could, could get kids coming in. I mean, if we just went all out, but the truth is there has to be a different approach. Um, this is what I believe in. And this is what I think is true that you can impress from a distance, but you can only impact up close. Um, and I think that's when we come in as youth ministry uh, leaders, pastors, um, to really shift our mind when it comes to youth ministry. Like, are we like, is this event, you know, just to make us look good? Or are we really trying to disciple kids? And so we got to be really careful with that. And the truth is, I don't have an answer for that. I don't have an answer. I like, how do you then change that? But the, the biggest thing is like what Ashton was talking with Max earlier about listening to the students. I mean, yesterday, a whole bunch of kids walked out from high schools all across the nation. We have to be listening to our students. We have to be, we have to engage with them. We have to go where they go. We have to listen to the cries of their hearts because they will be leading the world one day. And so we have to be positioning ourselves in the right place at the right time. If not, we're going to miss it, guys. And then we're going to look back and go like, what did we do wrong? And I think we were so busy trying to big, build big events that we, that we forgot to build people. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so that would be the event-driven ministry, just warning. And the last one I think, I think would resonate with a lot of us would be the silo syndrome, which I just call the, you know, I come from New Mexico and so there's nothing there. And so, but one thing that you do see a lot on the plains of New Mexico are silos. And that's what that silos are those like um, big containers with, where farmers put grain and a silo is just, us kind of contending ourselves to our little world of youth ministry. And it's just me and my little world. You know, I'm the, I'm the leader of my youth ministry free world, you know, <laughs> nobody can tell me what to do or nobody can help me because they don't know how we have to be careful. We have to get away from that because we cannot grow unless we let people in. And so we have to step out. We have to work well with our senior pastor. Hey, when was the last time you talked to your senior pastor about something good in youth ministry? You know, when, or when did you ask him about, you know, his input? or what he can bring to the youth ministry. Or um, like I said, stepping out from your circle of leaders, hey, involve some parents. There's some parents in your group that are just, you know, they're willing to help, but because we haven't asked, um, involve other adults, equip your leaders to, to really step out and uh, also engage with other people. I think th- that's why I love this, this um, lunch hour because we're getting to hear from other youth pastors and we're getting to hear like, hey, I'm not the only one that's going crazy. You know, uh, this is good. This is good for us to step out of our silos and go like, hey, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing um, because my, someone else might have a better idea. And you're never too mature in youth ministry to learn from anybody. I mean, gosh, I love Grayson. I see Grayson here. Grayson, I love your stuff, bro. I watch you all the time. I love Grayson. If you, if you guys don't follow him online, he's killing it online. And, and with this, just his presence and telling the story of his youth group, hey, learn from that. I learn from that. I grow from that. That's, that's what I love about all this. You got to get out of your silo syndrome. You're not the, you know, you're not the best in the world. You haven't made it. And so you have to really be humble in approaching youth ministry because if not, you're going to, you're going to extinguish yourself. You're going to, and then your youth ministry is going to hurt as well. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say, Fernando, it's really good. Um, thank you for being on here, but you're, you're making shifts from event led ministry to more relational discipleship led ministry. Um, and I, I appreciate that you're listening to the students, um, and something that we talked about before that I kind of wanted you to touch on too is, 
how you're building a relationship with your senior pastor. Because we know in youth ministry or any next-gen ministry or associate ministry, um, that's a key relationship with your pastor. Um, so I, I want to ask you a little question. How are you building that relationship? And then two, how are you building a relationship with parents? Because often when we get in ministry, kids ministry, youth ministry, young adults, we forget, oh my gosh, there's, there's parents, especially kids in youth ministry. Yeah. They're so key. So can you speak into that a little bit? Because I yeah. think that's so important. Yeah. So now I'm aware that not all people work well with their senior pastors, sadly, unfortunately. Um, but I think it's key for you to have your senior pastor involved in everything because, well, first he's the overseer of, of the house. He's the senior pastor. He's the one that um, carries a lot of the weight. Um, and I think sometimes as youth pastors, we can get like this kind of chip on our shoulder. Like, you know, we're leading the young people. We know what we're saying and we need to really uh, get away from that and really honor our pastors and our leaders and, and really involve them and ask them questions. They might not even know anything about youth ministry. Um, I used to work with someone who had no idea uh, on youth ministry, like nothing. Like he, he was like stuck in the sixties or seventies, but you know what? I always talk to him. Um, this is a pastor that I worked with in Texas and he was the best pastor. He had no idea about youth ministry, but I loved his input and I loved his encouragement because he was such a great listener. And um, he might not have brought like the greatest ideas, but just him knowing where we were at, he would pray with us. He would bring in people that knew how to help us and et cetera. But it's important for us to have our senior pastors involved. I know here um, I meet with my senior pastor every other week and we have lunch. Um, we'll have a lunch together and we'll just talk. I'll complain. I'll tell them about the good stuff. I'll tell them about the bad stuff. And which side note, guys, it's good for you guys to kind of like, like vent with your pastor, but just have in mind that he has a ton of people venting to him too. And so when you meet with him, don't always just bring the bad stuff. Like come in with some good stuff. Hey, you know what? Last week we had these many kids and this one kid received God or just bring in the good news. He needs, uh, he needs encouragement too. And so don't, don't come in just with the bad stuff. I mean, it, it sucks already to have a bunch of people complain to you, um, to have your youth pastor complain. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough. Bless your pastor by telling him the good things. And you said parents, right? Yeah. Yeah. For parents. How do you interact with parents? Yeah. So the easiest thing that I've seen, um, and I think it was in the DNA of the church that I, I kind of came into, but I think the best way, the best way is just, and this is not revolutionary guys. This is, I'm telling you, this works. You talk to them, you call them, um, you visit them. I think there's something special that happens when you go to their house. Um, when you visit them, when you say, Hey, um, I'd love to drop off so-and-so, or I'd love to drop by and, and give so-and-so a gift or their favorite soda or whatever, or invite them to your house to eat. Um, man, those are the simplest ways to connect with parents. And once they um, see how much you've, you're investing in getting to meet them and getting to hear from them, uh, something changes. I don't know how to explain it, but something happens where they'll be in your corner. They'll, they'll support you. Even, I've even had success with, with parents who don't come to church by just talking to them, going out to the parking lot and, and spending some time and saying, hey, how are you doing? Hey, nice car. Or, um, hey, I haven't seen you know, so-and-so in a while. Just praying for them. Just talk to them. Connect with them in that way. They love it. I mean, again, they have busy schedules too. So it's nice for the youth pastor to come to them and talk to them and just tell them how great their kids are. You can complain later, but just tell them how great their kids are. Uh, that, that seems to have worked with me, Ashton. 
that's good. That's good. Well, we all know, especially everybody here being in next gen ministry, um, how hard next gen ministry can be, uh, how challenging it can be. Um, we're, we're in a way a little bit of a middleman in the church, um, you know, serving alongside with our senior pastor and then serving parents. Um, so Fernanda, can you give us a little encouragement? I know you prepared a little encouragement for us today. Um, yeah. but yeah, can you give us a little encouragement? Cause there might be people here right now that just need a little bit of love, need a little bit of a, a pep talk for Jesus. <laughs> you, uh, hey guys. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to share something with you guys. Look at this. This is a picture of my first youth group. And I don't know if you guys can see it, but this is a picture of the first time I ever had a youth group. And the truth is four of those kids are youth kids. The rest of them are leaders. <laughs> Add more leaders than kids. Um, so, but it was awesome. That was my first youth ministry assignment in Texas. Um, and I was a youth pastor there for the next four years and I loved it. Um, in that picture, um, there's one person who, um, I'll refer to in a bat in, in a bit, but so my word of encouragement to you guys showing you that picture is, is I would, I would put it in this one sentence. It would be, um, take a risk, take a risk. And I want to speak to all of you youth leaders. Um, some of you guys are seasoned, very well seasoned. You guys have been in the game for such a long time and I salute you guys and you guys are awesome. And for those of you that, that are coming in, I, I pray that this would encourage you too. Um, and the word is just take a risk, take a risk on someone, take a risk on what you're doing, take a risk in the calling that God has given you. Um, I want to read, um, Psalm 37. Um, and this is kind of like the, the, the basis of the, the encouragement I have for you guys. Um, let me see, let me bring it up, but it just talks about really stepping out because the Lord has already kind of set um, us up in a, in a way. Um, so it's Psalm 37. And this is what it says, Psalm 37. And then I'm going to read 23 and just 24. So this is what it says. So I'm reading out of the NLT. Um, it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. And so the, 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 the verse that, or the key word that really kind of, I, I hope it speaks to you is that the Lord directs the steps of the godly guys. Isn't it humbling that God has already set you up to encounter the people that are around you? I mean, the students that are coming into our youth ministry, they have been set up and they have been positioned divinely for you to meet them. And so never underestimate small beginnings or humble beginnings, or never underestimate the kids that are coming into your youth group. Um, for me, the story that really inspires this to, to tell you guys is a young man named Jacob. In this picture, there's a young lady. Uh, her name is Noemi. Noemi brought her cousin, Jacob, to youth group one day. And Jacob was already 17 years old, and he was already kind of like looking at getting out of high school. He wanted to drop out and whatnot. It was a random Tuesday night, guys, or Wednesday night then. It was a random Wednesday night. I gave a message. I honestly don't remember what I talked about. At the end, Jacob comes up to me and he goes, hey, Fernando, I just, I've been running away from God. I want to give my life to Christ. I'm like, all right. Um, and I'm like, hey, so tell me a little bit about yourself. He told me a little bit about himself. And I prayed with him. And that day he gave his life to Christ. Now, this is just another Wednesday night. This was just another kid. And I thought he's not going to come back. And so I gave him some stuff. He came back the next week and he came back the next week and the next week and the next week. And he became one of my most like 
man, faithful attendees. I mean, this King Canem, he, this kid came out of nowhere. I don't know how, where he came from. But again, that verse tells us the Lord directs the steps of the godly. The Lord brought him there. And if I would have missed it, I mean, I would have, I would have just kind of like dismissed him. But he, the Lord brought Jacob to my youth ministry. And um, an encouraging thing for that is that later on, he, he went into Bible college and he went into wanting to be a youth pastor as well. And now he's killing it in Texas. He's, he's a group leader. He's a, a youth leader there at a church in Texas. And he's just doing such an amazing job. And he comes out to visit. I remember when I moved, he came to my house and he gave me money. He goes, here, pastor, I want to honor you. I mean, wow, what an amazing just reminder that when we take a risk, we're really investing in the kingdom. And so guys, take a risk. Man, I don't know what your youth ministry looks like. I don't know what students come to your group. One, two, three, maybe 50. I don't know. But don't ever underestimate your Wednesday nights, Friday nights, Tuesday nights, whenever you gather, because you never know who God will bring to your sphere of influence. I just want to read this one little part out of a book called uh, Disciplines of a Godly Man. Check this out. And I'll, I'll finish with that. It says, cultivate deafness and we will never hear discord, but neither we will hear the glorious strains of a great symphony. Cultivate blindness and we will never see ugliness but we will also never see the beauty of God's creation. Or to put this in terms that we all understand, never play baseball and you will never strike out, but you will also never hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth with bases loaded to win the game. Never climb a mountain and you will never get banged up on the mountainside, but you will also never stand on an alpine peak exulting in abundant natural beauty. Guys, take a risk. That kid might never come back to youth group, but then again, if you don't take a risk, you might never ever see him give his life to Christ and then come back and say, hey, pastor, thank you for your time. Take a risk. Ooh. All right. Well, thank you, Fernando, for that. Um, last thing I wanted to get from you is just what are the three resources that you're using right now in your ministry um, that are just changing the game for you? That could be simple. That could be crazy. I know you're techie. So, um, and if you look on the PDF, actually, if you look in our chat right now, um, you can, you can look at the, the free resources he's about to share. So we can all be on the same track. And then after that is going to be an open time for questions. So if you have any questions, I don't see anything yet in the chat. So if you want to put those in there, um, please do that uh, starting now. So, but go ahead, Fernando, talk about your three resources. Awesome. So, Hey guys. So yeah, so I'm not here to give you a theological book or a resource or anything like that. I love technology, so I'm going to give you what I use that I love to use and our leaders use also. Um, so these are three apps that help me out in my youth ministry. Number one is an app called Slack. Um, now, there's different kinds of apps out there that help you kind of um, work with your teams. Um, there's like Basecamp and there's Trello. Trello, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Uh, there's Slack. Um, and I love Slack. I love the simplicity of it. And so what this is, it's a... Um, it's an application that lets you really communicate with your team without overwhelming them with like emails or like group messaging. Cause none of us love group messaging. Um, especially when you're stuck in a group message that just never ends. So this is just a really neat way for us to just communicate. I use it with our team a lot. Um, they, uh, I'll put assignments. I'll put like, Hey, hashtag, for example, Ashley, can we follow up with uh, the new junior high kids? Um, and so it'll pop up on there and they'll, uh, she'll see it and then she can tell me if she's completed the job or not, or if she needs anything and that way it doesn't bother everyone. And it's just kind of like there. Um, and you can upload documents on this. You can put videos, links, 
man, you can do so much on it. And it's desktop and mobile friendly. So check it out. It's called Slack. Um, the other one is called MinHub app or Ministry Hub. Uh, this is an application that costs like about $15 on the app store. Guys, if you don't have, now most churches have like databases that they use like CCB or um, there's one that our church used to have before I came in, but our churches, if, if they're not using something, um, this is a really awesome one. Now our church uses CCB, but I love using MinHub, MinHub only because our, our leaders get to have them on their phone as well. And so what this is, if you go to the Apple store, it's a youth ministry data tracker. You get to put in new kids that come into your youth group because guys, you need to know where you're at with your kids, who's coming, who's not coming, how to follow up with kids, et cetera. Um, you put in new kids, you get to follow up with them. Um, you can, it'll let you know when there's uh, kids' birthdays. For example, today gave me a message, hey, so-and-so's birthday's today. And I look like an awesome youth pastor and I text them, but I didn't remember only because the app told me. Um, and you get to track like what months of the year, like kids are like out this, this time of the year. Kids are really in church this time of the year. It lets you know, so you can prepare in advance to kind of know where kids are at. Check it out, guys. It's an amazing app. Uh, like I said, the cool part of this is that your leaders can have this application and you get to control what they can or can't see. And for example, um, two of my leaders are there. Say, hi, guys. They have the application on their phone and they get to uh, put in the attendance and follow up with girls if they need to. Um, and so that's a pretty cool application. Check it out. It's only $15. And I think if you want to use the, uh, the feature where you can connect more leaders, it costs like $8 a month. So it's not that bad. And the last one, I know mo most of you guys know about it. It's MailChimp. Uh, MailChimp is another way that I communicate with parents. Ashton, I know earlier you asked me like, how do I communicate? Well, parents need to be informed. No parent wants to know that something's coming up a week in advance. And so MailChimp is an awesome way to just keep up with parents. What are you talking about in the youth group? Um, what events are coming up? What forms do they need? Um, and guys, MailChimp's easy and it's free. How many of you guys like free stuff? Um, all, of the, all of this stuff minus MinHub are free. I mean, it's just, it's free stuff. And so MailChimp, I can send out newsletters, updates, parents' information, you name it. And so that's another one. Can I, can I add one more? I mean, this one I think also is a game changer. It's called Remind. It's a, it's a group text um, messaging app. Now, if you guys don't do this and you guys like to text kid, a bunch of kids at the same time, that's awesome. But I don't have that time. Um, I, all you have to do is, again, delegate someone in your team to just put in all the information onto this app. And when you need to send a mass text to either uh, all the kids or just a group of them, Remind app is the way to go. What I love about that app is you can schedule text messages. Hello, hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord. You can schedule them in, in advance so you don't have to worry about it. Um, you, can only, you can also organize it where you'd only send it to junior high or high school or both. Um, and for me, in my context, I have Spanish speaking parents and I have English speaking parents. Guess what, guys? I send Spanish and English in separate groups and it's awesome. Uh, so anyways, that's another app that can help you out in your youth ministry. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, can we all say thank you to Fernando? He's amazing. Thank you, Fernando, for being here. Yeah.